it's good to see everybody. Um, we're going to take communion in a minute, and this it's really important we do that, especially today. Because Easter, I always say this to the school kids when they come in for their end of term service, Easter is so much more important than Christmas. And they always do just what you've just done. They go, what? Because the world makes so much more of Christmas. But actually, if Easter didn't happen, Christmas is a complete waste of time. If you don't believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus, there's no point in being born in the first place. Now, without him being born in the first place, Easter couldn't happen. So Christmas is important, but Easter is actually the main event. It's the most important time for Christians. Yet the world says it's about chocolate and Easter bunnies and whatever. When I was a kid, it was watching Disney time on the television, on the bank holiday. I'm that old, yeah. If the events that we've celebrated Friday and today didn't happen, then we are utterly wasting our time. If we don't recognize that Jesus died on that cross, if we don't recognize that he rose from the dead, then Paul says we are to be pitied above all people because we're giving our life for something that's not true. And why would you do that? Why would you give your life? Now, historically, people literally gave their lives. They became martyrs. But for us, it's to give our lives. It's to give everything of who we are now. Because Jesus gave his life for us. If Easter is not true, we are wasting our time. If Jesus didn't rise like the, the butterfly comes, you do know Jesus didn't come back from the dead. Do you know that, don't you? I know we've virtually said that this morning, but Jesus did not come back from the dead. Jesus went through death and into new life. It's like what a caterpillar does and becomes a butterfly. I don't know if you know, but when a caterpillar goes into that pupil, pupa stage, the DNA breaks up and it literally becomes a new creation. It's a different creation. Jesus rose to new life. He didn't come back. He wasn't resuscitated. He didn't faint on the cross. He didn't go into a coma to come back again afterwards. He died. The soldier came and pierced him in the side and clot blood, the blood that came and the water that came. It's a sign that they didn't know back then that the guy was dead. And when all the people came, Chris, you know what we've missed out? Where's he gone? We haven't had a reading, have we? Can we have John's Gospel up? Is that possible? And John's Gospel. It's behind you, Laurie. These things happened that the Scriptures would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones was broken. 
As the scriptures say, they will look on the one that have, they have pierced. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple, but secretly he feared the Jewish leaders. But with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. Look how much detail John is giving us. It's crazy. If this wasn't true, why would John bother with this detail? Next bit. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, who'd earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 35 kilograms. Look at the detail John is giving us. He's even telling us the weight of the myrrh and aloes. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it. I'm going to have to read from behind me because I can't see it on there. Wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. And this was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. The place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had been laid, because it was a Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they took him there. Again, John is explaining why these things happened. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance, so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and I don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. The fact that Peter's the old man and John's the young man, John's doing a little bit of bragging here, you know. I can, I can run faster than you, Grandad, you know. That's what he's saying here. And they reached the, he reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Simon Peter came along behind him, went straight into the tomb. I love Simon Peter. Doesn't muck about, does he? He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the, the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and he believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And the disciples went back to where they were staying. You've got three people experiencing the resurrection. And I guess we all fall into one of these camps. Mary comes running, comes to the tomb because she's, and she's bereaved and she's emotional because Jesus has died. And she gets there and the door's open. Sorry, the stone's been rolled away. And she does that classic thing. She, gone, she doesn't go and look, she doesn't go and check. She just goes, they've moved him. They must have moved him. Where's he gone? What have they done with him? She's making a whole load of assumptions about what's happened. And are they right? No. The door's open. She sees that and it creates a whole load of assumptions. So many people have a whole load of assumptions about Jesus and Christianity. But when they actually get there, they realize their preconception is wrong. I heard two guys on the radio arguing. And the Christian very gently said to the well-known celebrity, I'll answer your questions when you talk about Christianity, not your preconception of Christianity. 
I've never heard anybody stand up to Melvin Bragg before, but it was good because he was ramming in hard about how ridiculous it all was. And, and the guy just went, no, your version is ridiculous, but the reality isn't. Mary gets there, sees the tomb, and panics, basically. How many of us hear the news of Jesus and go, not sure, and take a step back? And she goes to see Simon Peter and says, they've moved him. So they both go, right, let's go, Simon Peter and John. That's not three people, that's two. Uh, Simon, Simon Peter and John. And they go running. And John gets there first. And what does he do? He sees what's there, and he's right at the door, and he looks in, and he goes, uh, and he stops. Remember, he's bereaved. He's got a load of emotion going on. And I think he's a bit discombobulated. He's confused. What's happening? He gets right to the door, but doesn't quite. So there's the second reaction. We get right to the door. We get to see about the reality of Jesus, but we don't quite get there. We might hang around Christians. We might go to church. We might do stuff. But church is a waste of time if you haven't met Jesus. It really is. And it sounds like someone agrees with me. Thank you. Yes. And then Simon Peter comes. I can just see him barreling along. And in he gets. And I can just imagine him going. <sighs> and he sees. And he's gone right in. And he sees. But still no reaction. He still doesn't get it. He's got all the information now. There's the linen cloth, there's the headpiece, there's everything. And he still doesn't get it. Just deal with the distraction, Lord. Bind up the distraction. Bring it in, Lord. Bring the truth home. Simon Peter has all the information, but he still hasn't made that step. So there's the three people. Mary, assumptions, false. She runs away. John, hope, but can't quite bring himself to. Peter has all the information and still doesn't get it. And then John comes again. Bless him. He actually goes, oh, Simon Peter's gone in. I'll go in. And what does it say? He saw and he believed. Has he got it all? Has he got every last bit of theology sorted? No. Does he understand what resurrection means? No. But he saw and he believed. He took that step. He took that step. Jesus was dead. Yet he is alive. Jesus is risen. 
I love, I heard somebody recently describe God as a death interrupter. I just love that. God subverts everything in the world, even death. Even death. Because in Jesus, he goes, even death cannot hold him. Even death cannot hold him. Where, oh, death is your sting. There's a whole load of verses probably going through a number of our minds now. I'm trying not to repeat all of them. But it's awesome. Death is, death is the thing that scares this world more than anything. We don't talk about it, really. We try to avoid it. But actually, Jesus subverts it and says, death, death, his death is the gateway to life. His death and resurrection is the way to eternal life. What's your reaction? Are you still looking for a caterpillar when actually Jesus is a butterfly? Because if you look for a small tubby thing with little legs, you're going to look on the ground where the butterfly will fly and it's beautiful. If you're looking for Jesus, the shape you think he is, you need to see Jesus as he really is. That amazing, risen Savior. Who is just God, he's not a man. No, he is a man. He's the second Adam. He is fully human and fully God. How does that work? Do you know what? I don't know. But I know it's true. I don't know how the internal combustion engine works. But I turn my car on every day. And it works. We do acts of faith every day. Oh, I don't do faith. Yeah, you do. You put the light switch down. You turn your car on. You turn the radio on and people talk to you. What's going on? It's magic. Don't look for the Jesus on the ground. Look for the Jesus who is risen. Don't look for the Jesus that many churches portray. Dull, dreary, boring, cold. Look for the Jesus who is alive and full of life. Guys, if you know him already, nurture the full of life in you. <laughs> Be full of joy. But maybe some of you are sitting here going, well, I'm not sure I've made that step of encountering Jesus. Why not on Easter morning? So best day isn't it it's the day we celebrate Jesus' resurrection we actually celebrate that every Sunday but it's the day in the year where we go look everyone and most of the world goes nah, not bothered you are bothered because you're here so can I call you don't just be bothered come and actually meet Jesus come and see him taste and see that the Lord is good Sorry, you're sitting in the wrong place. As he puts his hand out to you, all you have to do, do you think, has he caught on yet? All you have to do is take his hand and he will lead you and he will guide you. And do you know what? Sorry. 
It's just slightly too long now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? He will never let go. But if you want to let go, he'll let you. You have freedom in Christ. You have freedom to choose every moment of every day.